0: It is Friday, March third. I'm Scott Seidenberg. I'm AJ Hoffman. The NFL Combine getting exciting, and college basketball's regular season getting close to the end. Here comes the Vegas. This is straight out of Vegas.
1: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports
0: conversation
1: with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day.
0: Illinois takes care of business in double overtime against Michigan, Michigan. Desperately needing a win coming up just short. The Bruins, with another win, become the fastest team to 100 points in NHL history. And some large, fast men at the NFL Combine. What is the Vegas lead? Well, I feel like every day in March, it's going to be March Madness. It's We're in the time. Because right.
1: as we get closer and closer to the start of the NCAA tournament, I'm going to say it properly, just Thanks. so you know. The is. NCAA tournaments as we get closer and closer it, the action's just going to heat up. Conference the big conference tournaments will get underway next week. This weekend we'll have the championship games of some of the smaller conference tournaments, the uh one bid leagues if you will and teams that are on the bubble in
0: desperate need of wins on a nightly basis now AJ. Yeah, and Michigan was kind of at the the top of the list of teams that really needed a win. Uh they've got they had two chances left, two road games. Where they were going to be underdogs, but would have both been quad one wins, and they had a chance to win one at Illinois end up going to overtime, where it goes to overtime again, where they come up short in overtime and Illinois got a big run from Matthew Mayer, who I don't know if you've heard this story, but he missed a couple games due to illness mm, and when they pressed, not feeling well when they asked him about the illness, he said, yeah. I was playing video games after our last game, and I drank six monster (laughs) energy drinks in one sitting. You got to stay up. You got to be ready. I mean.
2: got to be ready for your squad. Yeah, in
0: case the bad guys are like, yeah, you got to be awake. You can't fall asleep on watch. (laughs) Uh, But apparently that's not good for your body. So Matthew Mayer got so sick he had to miss two games. Well, he goes on a 7-0 run by himself in overtime. And that ended up being the uh, the, being what they needed to seal the deal for the Illinois win. Elsewhere in college hoops, you're never going to believe what happened to Rutgers. They lost. (laughs) They lost to Minnesota. Oof! Oof. Is that bad? Well, Minnesota moves to two and sixteen in Big Ten play with this win. So everyone gets a win. (laughs) Everyone gets a win. One more uh result from the Big 10. Number 5 Purdue 63-61 winner at Wisconsin. That Wisconsin was another team we talked about on the bubble, desperately needing a win. This would have probably gotten them in. What was know? the line in that game? Uh they were, Purdue was minus 3 on the road. Like listen, right. they, any Big 10 road favorite? is scary
2: cover doesn't get you in the tournament
0: covers don't get you in the tournament they don't (laughs) say quad one covers you need quad one wins and wisconsin comes up just short on one elsewhere in the top 25 university of houston got to halftime today wichita state was without their leading score he was sick no word on how many monster energies he drank which by the way matthew meyer after that after that game came to the post-game presser with two Monster Energy drinks. Nice. <laughs> That's the life. That's a big move. Uh, Wichita State, though, was I without, an NIL deal. without their <laughs> leading yeah, – no doubt. Without their leading score, they were hanging with Houston at halftime. It was 33-31 at halftime. This is the terrifying thing about Houston. Final score is 83-66. Yeah. They're kind of uh, like – Point spread was 17.
1: Yeah, they're kind of <laughs> like um... – the Warriors in their prime, where the saying used to be the Warriors are five minutes away from blowing out anybody? Yeah. Because no matter what the score was, the Warriors were always able to go on one of those 20-2 to runs. you cannot get comfortable. And and the game turns into a blowout. And that's what Houston is right now. Houston is capable of going on these long runs. And Evan Miyakawa, you know who that is, AJ? So on his website, he tracks what he calls uh, kill shots. A kill shot is a 10-0 run. And the theory is the teams that have the most kill shots in the course of a of a game are the teams that are going to win most games, right? If you're more if, if you have multiple kill shots in a game, yeah. it's hard to a- it's hard same, to beat that and team. And the same thing, like if you have kill shots against that's bad sign if you're constantly allowing uh 10-0 runs. So the number one team in the nation in kill shots per game, so the most 10-0 runs per game, Oral
0: Roberts, 1.07. Kill shots per game. By the way, a team that Houston
2: beat this season. What's Oral right. Roberts and Ken Palm about? Uh, 60-ish, 60 ish, okay. 60s range.
1: Right behind Oral Roberts in kill shots per game, averaging one per game? Houston.
0: Houston. That sounds about right.
1: So they uh, are, I said they go on these runs, and the the, the data backs it up as we look at teams uh, that go on these 10 0 runs per Evan
0: Miyakawa's website. Yeah, Gonzaga is up at the top of that list. Yeah, teams that, that can create offense in a hurry, particularly teams that turn you over do this and particularly teams that defensive rebound really well do this. So, uh Houston is a terrifying team. They are I think right now they would be the number 1 overall seed. Uh it's it's got to be between them and Kansas at this point. I guess And they are
2: clear favorites over Kansas 6 to 1 versus 10 to 1.
0: Yeah. Uh Houston has their toughest game of the season remaining. On Saturday, they are at Memphis. At Memphis, at the second best team in their conference, I'd project them as a seven point favorite. So uh, that that tells you how good. Are they untested? That tells me the conference isn't very good. It's not very good, but they are now 28 and two. They are 16 and one in the American Conference uh, as they wrap up an incredible season down in houston uh elsewhere in the top 25 ucla smashes arizona state arizona state another team that really could have used a win Uh, that would have been a q1 win at ucla they'll have a chance for a q1 win at usc on saturday if they don't get that that buzzer beater uh against arizona last week may be for not i wanted to talk about two more games that are not i guess of Little note, if you're a a casual basketball fan, but I wanted to start with a game that I was on the wrong side of. Old Dominion minus four was not a good bet. They lose 65 to 36. That's the final score of the game. They scored 36 points in a basketball game. They did not make their first field goal until the the like there was 9:13 gone in the game. They didn't make their second field goal till 5 minutes after that. It was one of the most horrific offensive performances I have ever seen. The score was 64 to 32 with like a minute and a half left. They were doubled up with a minute and a half
2: left to go in the game and they were a 4-point favorite. The other game, wait, uh, well, first I mean got to be interested in why how did this happen how did his favorite lose by 35 you, you, you miss
0: 20 layups you yeah. uh you have more turnovers than made field goals those types of things will will get you blown out in a hurry but i guess i should have mentioned texas state was the other uh, team that blew them out uh detroit mercy was playing against the one seed in the ohio valley or excuse me in the horizon league uh tournament today not expected to do well they did cover Detroit Mercy covered. 66-71, they lost to Youngstown. The story, though, was Antoine Davis, who was trying to become the all-time leading scorer in NCAA history, uh, trying to catch Pete Maravich. Now, doing a little math, McKenzie, I know that with three more points, if if Detroit plays another game, so Detroit's gonna they're, they're obviously gonna try to get can into they schedule like schedule
2: one. <laughs> they're gonna try to up. get into one of
0: these nonsensical postseason tournaments, okay, okay. the CBI or CIT or whatever nonsense they can get into. Because this record will be the biggest moment in their program's history. It would be. <laughs> so he's he's trying to break that record uh, that Pete Maravich set, and Pete Maravich three thousand six hundred sixty seven points in three seasons at LSU. This is the fifth season for Antoine Davis at uh at Detroit. How many points would he need in that last game to catch Pete Maravich in points per game?
2: So let's see, Pete Maravich, the great Pistol Pete at 44.2 points per game, Davis at 25.4. He'll need to cool two thousand seven hundred and fifty-one points to eclipse that mark and catch up on points per game basis to pistol Pete.
0: I don't think I don't think that would be a record. <laughs> like that, It's that's... pretty
2: much like more like 50% more than he's ever had in a season.
0: Like imagine if, imagine if like Wilt Chamberlain was holding a sign that said 2751. <laughs> as, as yeah. We'd be like, "Man, that's an that's an all-time picture right it, there." It's kind
2: of a shame honestly cuz when you think about it, 44.2 points per game Pistol Pete Baravich, that should be the record. That's I don't, a legacy that I really don't want Antoine
0: Davis to get another game. <laughs> right. Let's <laughs> petition.
2: Like he's no offense to Antoine Davis,
0: like for the Horizon League he's fun, but he's he, like he's a chucker. He's just going out there and and you Who's know, the
2: best team that they play? Are they Division One? I've never even heard of this te- this team, let alone this guy. Uh,
0: they like the best teams in that league. Most years are going to be like Wright State. Okay, I've heard of that. Uh, right. Cleveland State. Th- those types. It's, it's it's. I mean, listen. It's, yeah. it's a pretty low level. LSU is a real school. It's a real program. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you think Pistol Pete was going to Detroit Mercy? No, <laughs> come on. He was Pistol Freaking Pete. So uh, I'm I. This is going to sound like I'm like get off my lawn, guy. I want Pete Maravich to keep that record.
2: If you can he average does. 44.2 points over your college career. It tells the story of basketball so much kid, more this, if he has a this record. This needs
1: an asterisk. I'm right. not, I, I don't give it. With the extra year? Yeah, I don't give this kid the the record or whatnot. and I certainly won't remember
0: him in the all-time uh, history.
1: <laughs> the months. montage. Yeah, yeah
0: not going to happen. You, know, uh, you will remember. You'll, I, rem- you'll I, remember I, the name. You'll, you'll have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> I, if you ever want to win at trivia. I will not. Um <laughs> Let's take a look at tomorrow's top
1: 25 schedule because this is like the final regular season games, right, for, for a lot of these teams, AJ? Yeah. And it's the last chance to, you know, really secure your spot on the bubble. I know you can certainly win games in your conference tournaments, obviously. Uh, but one game that I've been circling for maybe a week plus now, number 24, Texas A&M at home against number two, Alabama. If you had to predict the spread based on, I guess your Ken Palm ratings, what does Ken Palm say about this game?
0: There's going to be Alabama probably about minus three on Saturday. That's that's what Ken Palm says. I actually could maybe see two and a half. So okay. it'd be, it'll be two and a half or three. All right, I like uh, at least I, it open. I like a And am I'm gonna go with a And M. Yeah, it's it's a scary. I mean, Alabama's not been playing well, and a And M's as hot as anybody. So you may you may be right, but nope, like. And it's, it's a tough bet to make. It's tough to mm-hmm. bet against Alabama right now. So I, I could see that being a, a pretty sharp play. Uh, what's the next game that intrigues you the most? Is it Auburn hosting Tennessee? That's the one because that's the game that Auburn desperately needs. They We talked about this on, I guess it was Thursday, yesterday's show. Mm-hmm. Auburn blowing that lead uh, on Wednesday night to Alabama in a game that they were up by 14 points. They should have cruised to a win. Instead, it goes to overtime. Where dreams die for underdogs, uh, they really, really need this win. Hosting Tennessee, which would be a quad one win. Tennessee is the number three team in net, so even at home, it would be a huge win for Auburn. Uh, I would, I, I would expect Auburn to come in as a slight favorite. Uh, it, it's tough to project though with a team that's been running as poorly as Auburn has been. Uh, it's tough to project them a favorite against a team like Tennessee. Number nine
1: Texas hosts number three Kansas. How important is this one? Uh, well, it,
0: Kansas has secured the Big Twelve championship. Oh, so, so because we, so,
1: so we love Texas in this game. I,
0: right? I certainly Texas would be the only side I could play, uh, and Kansas thrives in transition. Kansas is bad in the half court. They they need transition to win games. Texas, really good defending transition. So they take away some of those things. They played Kansas tough at Kansas, an 88-80 win for Kansas there. Uh, it's It doesn't seem like it because Texas has lost two straight games, but their offense is coming around a little bit right now. Maybe enough to keep them in a game against Kansas. They'll be favored, though. Texas will be favored hosting Kansas. That'll be a system play. Texas has only lost one home game this whole season. That was January 3rd, their their Big 12 home opener. They gave up 116 points to Kansas State. Haven't done anything remotely like that Mm. before or since. It was a crazy outlier game. I would expect a a good effort from the Longhorns this weekend. Number sixteen Miami hosting number twenty five Pittsburgh. Is this for the ACC regular season title? There's not going to be an outright ACC champion this year. There's three teams at fourteen and five right now. These two teams, uh, Miami and Pitt, are two of them. So one's going to go to fifteen and five. One will fall to fourteen and six. Virginia, you can go ahead and pencil in at fifteen and five because they they play Louisville at home. Mm. I, I'm not going to say that they'll cover whatever gigantic number gets posted, but if Virginia lost to Louisville, I would that that would be probably the most shocking uh, score of the season. So Louisville's two and seventeen in ACC play, uh, four and twenty six overall. It would be a nightmare loss. So I would expect Virginia to split the regular season championship with one of these two teams.
1: Number four UCLA hosts number eight Arizona. Is
0: UCLA alive? For a number one seed, absolutely. And Mick Cronin, when they when they announced the like the I guess it was a couple weeks ago, they said this is what the seeding would look like if it's if it came out today. The top four seeds, and they were not one of them. They were on the two line. Mm-hmm. And Who was in front of them? Uh,
2: Purdue at the time was in front so of Houston, them. Houston, Kansas, Alabama, Purdue. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and I think Purdue's probably fallen off that one line. I would say if UCLA holds serve, uh, they will be a one seed and a deserved one seed. This is a team that's really kind of turned it on of late and the win that they got last night against Arizona state, like making it look like not even a game. That was an impressive showing. So I I like what this team's doing. Arizona's going to be a tough out. Uh, You know, Arizona's a, a good team, but if UCLA gets that win, even a win at home against Arizona, that's a quad one win. I would guess that UCLA jumps Purdue and gets that one. seed. In the NBA last night, and Mack Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert, will bring you into the discussion deeper here. Uh, Go through the games last night. The Wizards get a 119-108 win. Spurs, what were the Spurs thinking? 110-99 winners? I, I gave them too much credit. I gave them too much credit. The games that mattered, though, last night, the Mavericks and the Sixers. Sixers go on a big run in the last two minutes to make this thing close Mavs win 133-126. 40 burgers for Luca and Kyrie Irving. The Mavericks are really figuring something out.
2: I mean, this is their first big win. You know, they beat the Spurs, but this is their first one over a decent team. But I think offensively they're going to be amazing. I, I said defensively they were going to be, you know, pretty good. They're going they're still waiting for Max Kleber to come back. They're big guy in the middle. That's going to make a difference. But it might not matter because this was strength versus strength. and Embiid be best scoring center, I think, in the league over Jokic. Against a team that doesn't have their center right now and had and you know built their team around guards, but they just outscored them. They just shot. Each Luca and Kyrie together shot twenty eight for forty four. both wow. put up forty. Uh, so I, I, you know, a culpa. I kind of thought that the Mavericks would be better on defense and slightly better on offense. Turns out they're not good on defense, but way better on offense. Kyrie playing best basketball he has, you know, in his career. What for did
1: Embiid do? Because you had mentioned possibly looking at Embiid over. Yes.
2: Uh, He cleared it. You know, he scores 30 each and every game unless he comes out for injury. Uh, 35 points, that big run in the fourth quarter that didn't matter, uh, clinched it for us. 35
0: Mm -hmm. points, eight rebounds for him, nine of 13 from the free throw line. Uh, What's your projection on the line Sunday between Phoenix and Dallas, and and who do you think gets the win in that game?
2: Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be pick 'em in my opinion. I think Dallas probably is a little bit better than average home court advantage. Flip a coin, 50% chance to win. Uh, I might take the home team. I feel like the Suns get the win on Friday versus the Bulls. will be 2-0, and and I think they come back to earth a little bit with the Mavericks. Oh, I'm excited about this game. Uh, elsewhere
0: in the NBA last night, the Warriors, 115-91 to
2: winners. Big comeback for the Dubs. Yes, tale of two halves. The Clippers looked dominant defensively, held the Warriors to 45 points. And we were talking about the spurtability of some teams, even without the great Steph Curry. Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson combined for nine threes, and this raises some serious questions. They come back and win easily. I think it raises some serious questions about the Clippers because these two teams have flipped. Clippers were a 4-5 seed. They were clearly going to make the playoffs. Do they want to make some tweaks to get a little bit better for the playoffs was the question. And the Warriors, they were 11th seed. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Well, now the Warriors are the five seed, and the Clippers have fallen out of the automatic playoff bid. They're now the 7th seed, and they haven't played a good game with Westbrook and one they haven't be, won a game with west. One game could be an anomaly. It's now been four games and now the hope is they can be as good as they were 2 weeks ago. That's not good. You could cut them and be as good as you were 2 weeks ago. I think they have to bring him off the bench. They have to try something different. It's gotten precipitously worse each and every game I think on offense. Uh How many I, shots? I don't know why he starts. It doesn't make any sense to me. How many shots did Russ take last he took night? 12 shots, second third most on the what? team. What? But he was 3 for 12. Paul George who lobbied for his guy to get him on the team, he hasn't shown up. He was 3 for 15. Uh, there they, there might be some spiritual chemistry. They might like each other as guys. They don't work on the court. They never really did in OKC. They haven't early on in L.A. I'll this be the honest. Thing
1: we, we say a lot in basketball. There's, there might be five guys. There's only one ball. Yeah. And you can put, a, you know, however many stars you want on the court, but it, they got to be able to share that one ball.
2: It's funny. Westbrook averages, what, like 10 assists per for, for, for game for his career? I would not describe him as a good passer. He's great. Off the dribble, he can beat his man, and then he can make an assist afterwards. But just moving the ball to move the ball, having that Spursian flow, flow, uh, the Clippers needed it, and he didn't bring that to it, well,
0: this team. Also, you said he can beat his man off the ball. Father time's starting to slow no that doubt. down, too. No like, doubt. The, the way that he would create those passes is starting to go away as well. Uh, the upcoming schedule doesn't do any favors to the Clippers. They're at Sacramento tonight, uh, and then they host Memphis, Toronto, the Knicks, the Warriors, and the Magic uh, over the next next week or two. So there's some tough teams in there. The Knicks playing really good ball. Memphis is going to be hungry. And like you said, the Warriors playing a lot better as well. Obviously at
2: Sacramento tonight, second yeah. second of a back-to-back, it's tough. I think it's a low-key, big regular season game. I mean, the last time these two teams played, second most points ever scored in an NBA game, 176 to 177 or whatever it was. The Clippers have to show that they can play a complete basketball game through 48 minutes. They are better than the Kings. If Westbrook's on the bench, I know that for a fact. I've seen it all season, net rating-wise, history-wise. History I would ne- definitely say the Clippers are the better team. There's a reason they were seven-point favorites over the Kings in their first matchup. If it doesn't work tonight, I think they gotta, they got to make some serious changes. Kings favored by three at home. Which way do you lean there? I lean to the Clippers. I still say what I said uh, yesterday morning. They got to get off the night. They're going to be the more motivated team. Although the Kings, you know, bring it every night. They're one of the more consistent teams. Kings team feel leader. very disrespected to me. I, I'm one of those guys that disrespect them. I look at their squad. I look at their numbers. I understand they're better, way better than expectations. I still, I bump them a half point every couple weeks. I'm still, I'm still a skeptic. You're, you're, it's understandable. Uh, elsewhere in the league tonight, Magic and
0: the Hornets, no one wants to talk about the Nets catching 11 at the Celtics. We wouldn't have thought we'd be saying that at the beginning of the season. <laughs> now the Nets catching 11 at the Celtics. Is that too many?
2: I think it is. They've won seven out of eight. Another team that you know has to prove something, and I think um – you know whether it's not playing some guys that aren't working or playing some guys more. I think they have got to figure it out. I think they, I think they will be more motivated.
0: Blazers plus six and a half at the Hawks. The question is, will Dame Lillard score seventy four points in <laughs> right. this game? Well, I that- like
2: the Hawks here. That's the only question. I mean, does Lillard go, go for fifty and outshoot everybody on the Hawks? That's really the only way I see stay them. I see them staying competitive in this game. Quinn Snyder wants his first win. I lean heavily to the Hawks minus six and a half. All right, here's a test of how fed up you are. Jazz minus three at. Oklahoma uh, City. These two teams playing again. Uh, How fit are you with the Bill, Bill Simmons, may, maybe like if I use a prominent figure, it doesn't seem like I'm so conspiratorial. Bill, Bill Simmons said SGA was playing like an all-world all player, first-team all-pro. Then he got hit by a tank. What happened to this man? He had ankle soreness. No one saw him. He wasn't in the gym. And then he got COVID. Did they give him COVID to, to give him a break? It seems like they every March they find a way not to let him play. And... Um, Seems coincidental. I'll just say that. It seems coincidental. I don't know how they do it every year. Maybe they're just lucky, but it seems coincidental. Phoenix, minus 5.5 at the Bulls. Uh, total in this is 222.5. This feels like it could be more of a grind, right? Yeah, Bulls' best defensive team since January 1st. I make this game 5. I kind of want to bet the Suns, but that kind of shows you why you shouldn't. It's just a more fun story to talk about how they had their first game together. And you want to watch them, the Bulls are... And you know, they're looking
1: ahead to the something. A scrappy day. team. I think, yeah,
2: the only value is on the Bulls at plus five and a half. Knicks minus one and a half at Miami.
0: Uh, Knicks obviously Knicks playing really good ball right now. Yeah,
2: Knicks playing some of the best offensive basketball in the league. The Heat, secretly, like quietly, like no one's talking about this, they're, no team is worse than them on offense in the league. Like maybe the Hornets or maybe the Spurs. Like no good team, decent team has been this bad on offense Um so I look. I, I lean to the Knicks. I, I don't see that changing. Grizzlies catching five, five and a half shop around at the Nuggets. This should be a good matchup. It says a lot. The, the Grizzlies have been way worse without Stephen Adams. This is saying they're now three points worse than Nuggets uh, without Stephen Adams. What's the ETA on him? By the way, like you know, he's it's one of those things. He's practicing. He's in full strength. It, it seems like it might be like a lingering injury that uh, he could be playing right now, but they want him to get him right. Um, so without that big man in the middle, I think the, the Nuggets, especially coming off the loss last time they played him, I would lean to the Nuggets.
0: And finally, Minnesota is on
2: the road, and they are a pick-em uh, at the Lakers. What do you think here? Uh, wait on AD. If he does play, I think the line's uh, kind of disrespecting the Lakers a little bit. I'd say, I would say always say you're going to make money if you never bet on the Lakers and look to fade them. But here, if Anthony Davis plays, I think they're, they're you know, set for a home win.
0: Yeah, this is interesting because like the sharp book – at least the vegas sharp book is circa mm-hmm. they've got it as a pick the vegas square book yeah. is stations they're
2: lakers plus one and a half i would have thought it'd be the opposite it would, it, yeah that's suspicious yeah i, I wonder if um there's a word out there or something yeah so that would say that circa who usually was more quick to act on the word thinks that anthony davis is playing where uh, stations hasn't gotten the memo very interesting Well, the trades keep coming in the NHL. We
1: talked about the trade from L.A. to Columbus for goaltender Jonathan Quick. His time in Columbus didn't even last a day as Columbus turned around and shipped Jonathan Quick here to Vegas. That's right. The Vegas Golden Knights have got themselves a 37-year-old former Stanley Cup champion, because uh, they've had some issues with the health of their goaltending. Logan Thompson suffered a lower body injury last month. He is not close to returning. Uh, Laurent Brossois has been taken over with uh, Aiden Hill as well, and uh, Brossois got hurt. And so it's basically just been Aiden Hill, and then they recalled uh, a guy from the AHL, Hutchinson, to, to Michael Hutchinson, who was part of the trade back to Columbus. So now Jonathan Quick... Will be playing for the Vegas Golden Knights, so it gives him kind of like a renewed uh, energy, right? Playing for a contender, because, I mean, he was playing for a contender in L.A., but now he gets to kind of prove it to a Pacific Division foe in, in, in his former team. So we'll see what a quick can do for the Golden Knights. Also being traded, Max Domi. As the purge of the Chicago Blackhawks continues, it ain't so. Yeah, the Blackhawks uh, sent Max Domi to the Dallas Stars along with a uh, minor league uh, uh, goalie. They get Anton Hudobin back, who's a you know decent backup, I guess. And so now it's wow the the players that they have gotten rid of in Chicago. I can only look to fade the Blackhawks every game the rest of the season. You look at the standings right now in the race for the NHL lottery to be the the top draft pick, Chicago has 47 points. The only team that has less than them is Columbus at 46. The other teams in that race, San Jose and Anaheim both with 48. I would look to fade all these teams – as the season winds down. Arizona's got fifty one. they're They're a little bit better than those teams. But Chicago, now getting rid of Domi after Patrick Kane, you know, pieced out. This team has just got no offense left. Uh, Speaking of those two teams that were involved in that trade in the Blackhawks and the Stars, they played each other last night. Stars won the game 5-2. Elsewhere last night, Patrick Kane did make his Rangers debut at Madison Square Garden. The crowd was electric. The Rangers took an early lead over the Senators. They had a 3-2 lead only to watch Ottawa score three unanswered in the third Mm. period. Ottawa wins 5-3, spoils the debut of Patrick Kane, who saw some time on the power play, the first power play unit, and was a minus two, but that's because he was on the ice a lot. 19 minutes and 36 seconds on the ice for Patrick Kane. He registered four shots on goal, so he did go over his shots on goal proposition. I gave out a prop on yesterday's show. I said Artemi Panarin to have a point point. And Panarin did pick up an assist in this game. I, I also, when I gave out the over uh, six and a half on pregame.com, I wrote in my write-up how Panarin would be the beneficiary of Patrick Kane's arrival. And I would maybe sprinkle a little bit on Panarin's uh, anytime goal score. It was plus 200. But if you played Panarin just over two and a half shots on goal, boy, you cashed easily. And I, he was... The dude was sniffing the net all game. He had six shots on goal, led all skaters for the Rangers. So, clearly, Patrick Kane was finding him. Panarin was shooting it. He just didn't put the puck in the back of the net. But six shots on goal, he does finish with an assist. And in this game, I tweeted it out. Vladimir Tarasenko did the Forsberg, where the the famous Peter Forsberg breakaway uh, shootout goal, where he, you know— moves his whole body to the side, yeah, and then with out. one arm holds his stick and puts the puck around the goalie. Just an absolute dirty move in this game. Uh, but the, the garden crowd was excited. But I, I the reason why I like the over in this game was because the Rangers defensively still struggling without Keandre Miller and Ryan Lindgren. They only had five defensemen playing the second night of a back-to-back. You knew they were going to have some troubles. Uh, and up next, it doesn't get easier for the Rangers because they are... At Boston, where the Bruins have just become the fastest team in NHL history to get to 100 points. They beat the Sabres 7-1 last night. The Bruins 48-8-5. and They get to 100 points in their 61st game of the season. That beats the 1976-77 Montreal Canadiens who reached 100 points in 62 games. But back then, right. there were regulation ties, and there were no extra points. You didn't get an extra point for winning in overtime right. or winning yep. in a shootout, right? So that's uh, that's the way that it goes there. So the Bruins now ha- Bruins have seven points in overtime and shootouts out of their 101. So technically, if you're doing an
0: apples-to-apples comparison, it's really not. They're still pretty good, though. It's yeah. almost, like, so you're saying it's like the Pete Maravich, uh, right? Scoring record, Pr- pretty not... much. Yes.
2: So the record, 1976-77, 132. Mm-hmm. Is it in danger?
0: 132 points. Yeah.
1: Oof. 61 games. They have 101. 21 left. So let's say if they win, what'd you say the total is? 132. Yes. I don't know. At some point, you'd think they'd put that they take their foot off the gas.
2: I they're mean, you're pace. talking about
1: yeah. I mean, look, you're, they're on pace. You're talking about the 16 wins uh, out of the next games. 21 games. That's pretty much what they've done all season. They've won nine straight games now. Uh, this is the best team in hockey. It's not. It's not even close. They're
2: a regular season squad. I'm telling you, they're vulnerable.
1: Well, that's the thing. You have to be concerned. A team goes all out like this in the regular season what happens to them come playoff time? I mean, the Bruins are the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, but not by much. They're plus 400. The Avalanche are plus 600 mm. as the next favorite. So, uh, What that, are Rangers right now? Rangers right now are plus 1,300. All so, right. it went up a little bit from the 1,100 uh, probably after the loss last night. Uh, elsewhere last night, the Kraken, a 5-4 overtime win over the Red Wings. The Red Wings made a trade as well. They traded away um, uh, Bertuzzi. So, and that uh, goes to the Boston Bruins. So the rich get richer as uh, the, the Red Wings trade away Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, the Predators beat the Panthers 2-1. to one. Penguins, a 5-4 overtime win over the Lightning. Boy, I, I love to bet against the Lightning. I really do. I, I don't get why they're 12-1 to, to win the Cup. Yes, they've gone three straight I was going to say, I can Stanley think of cup a lineup. reason. Maybe, you know what? Maybe this is like the stretch where they're just taking their foot off the pedal and getting ready for the playoffs. But at some point you got to think all this extra hockey is going to come back to, uh, to, to hurt them. Maybe this is the year. That's just not their year. Uh, the Maple Leafs, a two, one win over the flames wild 2 one over the Canucks, the Kings, a three, two win over the Canadians and the blues beat the Sharks six, three. Why were the Sharks favored in that game? The Sharks shouldn't be favored over anybody. Come on. We know that. Here's what's on your schedule tonight. The Kraken are at the Blue Jackets. Seattle minus 170 in that game. Total of six and a half. Seattle just loves playing overs. Who's in goal? Probably going to be Elvis.
0: Oh, got to look at the over
1: then, right? You got to look at the over. If Elvis is in net. uh, Build him. I don't. Yeah, Elvis has started the last two straight games. So, and they have a back-to-back. They have a game uh, tomorrow, uh,
0: tonight, and tomorrow. Elvis so will play tonight, but not tomorrow, baby. Elvis <laughs> is going to
1: play one of these games, and the Kraken are coming in on the second of a back-to-back here. Jets are at the Elvis Oilers. normally
0: likes the back end, but tonight I'm going to play the front.
1: Edmonton is minus one sixty. Hurricanes at the Coyotes, Molde Arena. Carolina minus three fifty. Uh, Coyotes trading away Jacob Schifrin um, and. Uh, uh, Buchstadt as well. So the two of their better players are now gone. I would look towards Carolina winning this game, playing on the puck line. Canadians are at the Ducks. Anaheim is minus 140. The Canadians on the second out of the back-to-back showed some fight last night against LA, you know, down 3-1 to one in the third period, scored a goal to make it 3-2, had a chance with the empty net, but uh, did not could not tie the game. Maybe the Canadians pick up a win here against the Duckies. And the Devils... Here in town to take on the Golden Knights, VGK minus 115. Does Jonathan Quick make his knights debut? I don't know. But I can tell you this much: devil dogs. You, you just you can't you can't make this team an underdog. I don't care where they play. I know it's the knights, but you can't make this team dogs. So if the devils even money plus 105. That's the system. You just gotta <laughs> play the devils. You're betting against my knights. Betting against your knights
2: care to make it interesting? I uh, care to make it interesting. <laughs> All right, yes. Let's do it. There we go. Uh, what, what am I getting? Like well, I got plus money, right? No. You're minus 115. What do you mean? <laughs> well, exactly, cuz we're in uh, T-Mobile. It should be the I should be minus 180. <laughs>
1: uh, so that's what's going on on the NHL schedule tonight. Updating the uh futures. I mentioned the Bruins, Avalanche are your second favorite, and then the Hurricanes at plus 650. And uh it should be a fun final couple of weeks here of the nhl season as we get closer and closer to the playoffs and boy i just i still think there's value on some teams in the futures market that are not amongst the favorites i don't hate putting in a plus 1300 ticket on the rangers a plus 1300 ticket on the devils plus 1400 on the oilers you know teams like that i think there's value to be had
0: as opposed to just betting these top favorite teams the NFL Combine underway in Indianapolis and the big boys are out there. Defensive lineman putting in work yesterday. And Jalen Carter, who we talked about yesterday, he went down to Georgia, handled his business, came back and, and worked at the Combine today. Uh, not the most impressive man from Georgia today, though. That goes to defensive lineman Nolan Smith. He is a six foot three, two 240-pound pass rusher. He ran a 439 40-yard dash. That is unbelievable. I remember a time when 439 was like freakishly fast for a wide receiver or, yeah, or a cornerback. Yeah, RG3
2: 441.
0: Think about that. They there's a uh, there's a video on Twitter where it's got Nolan Smith running and they've like superimposed Stefan Diggs 40-time and DeAndre Hopkins 40-time onto him. And it's like, I mean, it, he beats DeAndre Hopkins by like a full yard and Stefan Diggs by about half a yard in the 40-yard dash. Like but this guy on out routes. This guy is a monster. And I, I, listen, I don't know. I, I mean, first of all, Nolan Smith was part of a unit at Georgia where everybody looked like they were already going to the NFL. He won mm-hmm. both championships with them? Yeah. If you're a if you're a defensive in and you're 6'3240 and you run a 43940, oh, and he also uh recorded a 41 forty-one and a half inch vertical, the the best mark by a defensive in since 2016, something tells me that's
2: that's a first rounder. He can dunk, I'll tell you that much. You think yeah. so? <laughs> like
0: what would he have
2: to do to not be a first rounder? I think you're right. Like it's it's just like let's say he has the like I mean, he doesn't because he played at Georgia and he won championships. But even if he was the rawest, most unskilled guy, mm-hmm. when you're building a defensive edge rusher, you can't – the upside is, is unsurpassed. Jadavian Clowney went number one With overall just because he was like a physical freak. Not a bad pick, by the way. Played a long time in the league. It, it added no a lot doubt. of value.
0: Yeah, good player. What,
2: what scouts want to see
1: all the time is does the – like when it comes to the combine, you see that these guys, the, the freakish athletes. Does the, does the workout match the film? And so when you watch this kid and you see the workout and you see the incredible forty time, you see the height, the, the leaping ability, the, the the pure physical gifts, does it now match what you see on film when you watch game tape? And I think with him, you certainly do. So why not have him be a first
0: round pick? I, it feels to me like you have to. Like you, it, it's maybe you don't take him in the top five. I get that, but we we know with Georgia, the film does match the mm-hmm. the, the workout. Yep. Like it, it's. Again, like what McKenzie was saying, if this guy went to Alcorn State, I'd understand why there would be questions. Like, okay, who was your competition? Like, this guy played the best of the best. This guy's been on a back-to-back national championship team. Mm -hmm. This this is a first-round pick. Like, And if I'll be honest, if someone takes him in the first round and he ends up being an absolute bust, I'm not going to blame him. Yeah. You, you, You take a guy like that. You take a guy. You probably also take a guy like Kalia Kansi. From he's from Pitt, defensive tackle. Okay. He ran the fastest 40 for a defensive tackle at the combine since 2006. Wow. He is 6'1, 281 pounds, and ran a 4'67
1: 40-yard dash. See, so you know what's happening now is these kids are preparing for the combine. They're hiring these trainers, and there's like these trainers out there that specialize in the combine. So, yeah. that like, these kids, all all these kids have been doing for the past several weeks and months have been training for their 40 times. Yeah. Because a, a tick here or there is the difference between maybe millions of dollars for these kids. So, uh, you're seeing, I think you're going to, and you're going to continue to
0: see, better numbers being put up every single year. So, he had the record for fastest 40-time Electronically timed for a player over 280 pounds. The previous record had been a 466 by 295 pound Mario Williams. First which round pick. No number one overall pick.
2: Over Reggie Bush, over Matt Leiner.
0: Yeah, know. over Vince Young. Oh, which yeah, that was a lo- the guy, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people uh, in Houston didn't like that. But again, not a bad number one overall pick. Yeah. Like the guy had a very productive NFL career. Uh, so he had a four-six six Cansey ran a four six seven. An hour after Cancy ran, Northwestern defensive end Atatomiau
2: Atabore that guy ran that guy. a four four nine at two hundred and eighty two pounds. Do you think that I had a cousin that wanted to make the NFL? Uh, Sean Murnane was his name, and he played at Western Michigan, and he was really good. You know all the records, but he was never fat enough. He was never big enough to be a defensive line, and, and but he kept bulking up. He would always have the creatine. It was always his number one priority. I wonder if the nutrition now is—it's not making big guys faster than they ever have ever been before. It's making guys that are that fast able to bulk up to May play at these be positions. I think, I think there might be something there. Might be something there. It's, it's funny. My thought.
0: My, uh, my little brother was like a, a second team all state pulling guard uh, in Texas, and he's probably six one, and his playing weight was probably like I don't know two twenty. Two fifteen. I think I cut it. And he was like, "He." I remember him talking to me when he was in high school. He's like, "Should I go and like try to play college football?" And I was like, "Honestly, dude, you'd have to gain so much weight." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, eh, "Whatever, I'm not gonna do it." So he ended up not doing it. But he was like a, a really good player, but he just wasn't physically built to do what that what it takes to do that job at the next right. level, much less. The next next level where you got to be like you know two ninety and be able to move like a cat.
2: Yeah, so, name by the way got to two ninety. It was all blubber though. Yeah, there. I mean <laughs> it's just a water weight at that point. It,
0: it is a, a different world, like a different level of athleticism, to be that big and be able to move the way these guys move. Well, the big story at the combine is going to be uh, tomorrow when the
1: quarterbacks do the throwing, and there's going to be some big names throwing. You're going to have Will Levis throw. You're going to have Anthony Richardson is going to be throwing at the Combine. Uh, C.J. Stroud is going to throw at the Combine. Uh, Bryce Young is not. He is going to wait until Alabama's pro day to do his throwing. But you're going to get a good look at Anderson, Stroud, and Richardson, who are right now the second, third, and fourth, uh, or the second, fourth, and fifth odds to be the number one overall selection. So right now, Bryce Young is the favorite. We select number one, then Stroud, then Will Anderson from Alabama, Anthony Richardson, who has shot up the odds boards, and Will Levis are next. If you just look at the quarterback props, obviously it's those top four guys. Uh, And then um, you think, I've said it before, I really think that Will Levis is going to shoot up the odds after he throws tomorrow because people are just going to see his physical gifts, throwing the football, he can make every single throw. He's going to throw that out, that forty yard out, right? And people are going to be like, "Wow, this kid's got arm strength." He he is the prototypical quarterback. Well, I I just don't believe he is that
2: guy. Do you think Bryce Young is uh, minus one seventy five? Do you think that's about right? Or because I say that because before the Super Bowl was minus one ten, and it's gone to minus one seventy five, but. In this cycle of the season, I've done this enough years to see the draft odds and how they move. It's very rare to have a, t- a player that's not minus 500 at this point. You know, Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence is minus 3,000. So, But also we... remember
0: look, how much it changed last year. Like, exactly. Jay, but yeah. it changed right before So match.
2: I think this is a very thin minus 175. It, yeah. it could be 40% chance. But and I
1: think I- there's value on the other players once because I think if information comes out, then think about it.
0: Like I also think because the number one pick is expected to be traded, it just exactly it it opens up every possibility. It depends on what team makes that trade. The number can't well, whatever team it's gonna be is gonna trade up for a quarterback. We do know that. But the question is which team like it's it's not just projecting, well, the Texans will move up. Which quarterback do we know they like? That's what the number would be. How real do you
2: think the uh, weight concerns are for Bryce Young?
0: They're real. I, I, they have to be like that. This just the size concerns in general. Like uh, it,
2: we've it's seen, weird be a number one pick. Like maybe like take a chance on a guy. but I don't know. But I mean, Kyler Murray got
0: drafted number one overall. He's very small. Yeah. Uh, but Kyler Murray right now, would you say? Would you say he's peop- the Cardinals should be happy with their return on Kyler Murray at this it's
2: point? Probably better than average return for a number one pick because he, you know, has been a Pro Bowler, played a bunch of games. You know, sometimes he don't play at all. Trey Lance hasn't played very much at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not not a, not a home run.
0: No. You know? Uh, and certainly, the, I mean, probably the biggest knock on Kyler Murray has been his inability to stay healthy. Yep. And when you're that size, it makes you go, hmm, "Okay, In the NFL, you're going to get hit. You're going to get hit." Yeah. Now, so
2: it could be Will Levis, nine to one. One, one thing shocker. that helps
0: Bryce Young is he's not really like a a running quarterback per se. Yeah, you know, he is like he, he can be a pocket passer, it's like, like
2: Brock Purdy. He
0: moves. He's just not big. Ducks you know? and weaves. So, I, I'm interested. To, uh, listen, I'm always interested to see how quarterbacks do at the combine, and I'm I'm mostly just interested to see like what jumps out to different teams, like what they value, and if you value just those raw physical tools, okay, like it's it, there's that's a certain kind of crapshoot uh, because you could you could get Josh Allen, um, but you could get Carson Wentz. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I think. I've asked this
1: question every year it's like who can improve their stock who can hurt their stock at the combine. Will Levis is the guy that can absolutely improve his stock by what he's going to do tomorrow. I think Anthony Richardson's the guy that can hurt his stock.
0: See, I don't I don't, I disagree. Because Anthony Richardson is another guy who's 6 foot 4, mm-hmm. he can throw the ball to the moon, he runs really fast. He never won very many football games. He's a very inaccurate passer. I think, but that th- stuff doesn't matter that much at the combine. Sure, but I think for a guy like
1: Anthony Richardson, who is starting to get all of this hype because of his physical attributes and because of the style of quarterback that he is can only disappoint. Exactly, that is very popular now in the NFL, where people are like, "Hey, we want a mobile quarterback. We want a guy that can use utilize his legs." We looked at the Super Bowl and we saw Patrick Mahomes against Jalen Hurts. Like, we want those type of guys, and Anthony Richardson can be that guy. But if he overthrows some guys tomorrow. If he doesn't have the accuracy on that, you know, 40-yard out pass or whatever, they have him run, throw from the the 10-yard the out from one hash to the other side of the field. If he's not accurate on that,
0: people are going to be like, you know what? He's more of a project quarterback. But you know what? You know who was bad at that kind of stuff? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson coming out of college was very And, and Lamar very Jackson accurate. was lucky to be a first-round pick because the Ravens traded back in. But if they redid that draft now. You think he goes 32? Obviously not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they look at that as the upside of wow, this guy. I mean, accuracy we can fix. Josh. I mean, RJ's talked about it a lot. Josh Allen was mm-hmm. incredibly inaccurate his first two years, and they worked on him a lot, and they've they've made him a, a, one of the top five quarterbacks in yeah. the league. Uh, so, but this is the thing: when at some point if your physical gifts are limited, mm-hmm. your ceiling is limited. Yeah. When your physical gifts are unlimited, your ceiling is unlimited. So it's. It's easy to get, but your floor is probably much like Bryce Young feels like a very safe, Mm -hmm. solid NFL quarterback. I don't know if Bryce Young's like a franchise changer. I saw Bryce Young win a lot of football games in college. And like, I think he's a smart quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think he makes good decisions. He's accurate. Uh, He's got a good arm. Not like a, a, he doesn't have an Anthony Richardson arm. He doesn't Mm -hmm. have a Will Levis
2: arm. How has Kentucky done versus expectation during Levis's time there? Like, were they like a great team? I mean, or were they Uh, kind of what we expected? His junior year, they were.
1: They, you know, yeah, they, remember they them exceeded having, expectations. Hot, yeah. They were, uh, uh, you know, really. I mean, he was hurt this past year as well, so okay. um, and he missed some time. But yeah, they were not. They, they fell short of expectations this most recent season. But if you go back a season before that. That was where they exceeded expectations, and it was like, "Hey, you know, this is we like." So called a yeah, push. We were betting on. They them were a lot. six
0: and six against the spread this year, eight uh-huh. four and one against the spread twenty twenty one. A little better
2: mm-hmm. than that. All
1: right. Yeah, but it wasn't just that. It was about you know the the the, the wins against big time ranked sure. opponents, and yeah, so it, it was uh, definitely definitely a much better season his junior year than his senior year.
2: That's what they said about Justin Herbert, and you know he had the tools that to make it work in the NFL for sure.
0: And I guess really, I mean, there's some people who think that he's not proven yet to be a, a top-level NFL quarterback. So, again, it's all about what you what what's important to you. Uh, if I had Justin Herbert as my as my franchise quarterback, I'd feel really good. There's there's a lot of people out there who wouldn't feel really good. Uh, so, I, I think it's again, it's it goes team by team. And then like, listen, Titans for the last several years have been real happy with Ryan Tannehill. Now I'm sure they they don't want Ryan Tannehill
2: yeah, it, up it, for forty six million
0: dollars. Nope, things change in a hurry. Things change. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> two, two years ago, Derek Carr like Raiders were excited right. to sign him. Yep. Fast forward up, you're out. Beat it. Cut. See ya. Uh, so it, it, the NFL changes fast. Man. What's going to be very interesting is, and and Mackenzie, you mentioned it
1: earlier. The odds don't mean anything now because it's just such. It's going to be such a fluctuating market. Like I wish there was a way, and I know that there are sports exchanges out there, like Sport Trade is in New Jersey and 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 a couple other states, where like you you're you're betting based on um, it's like a stock price. So like, okay, I, I'm betting on uh, you know the Rangers to win, and I buy it at this price. You know, it's kind of like live betting on steroids. I could sell the Rangers when they're winning because yeah. the price of the ticket goes up.
2: Is it peer-to-peer?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. Is that's the
2: only way. Usually there's a lot of bets like that are yeah. just way too viggy. But I wish
1: there was a way to utilize, like, an exchange for the market on the first overall pick. Because after tomorrow's throwing session, Will Levis is not going to be plus 750. Does that mean he's a good bet to be number one? No. But if, you, if there was a way to make money on, you know, betting him now at plus 750 well, it, and then betting him tomorrow when it goes down to plus 450. Wasn't
0: it as you know? simple as making sure that you bet guys, like you you time your bets on what, when you think, like what when they're going to be at the peak of their number, when they're going to be. Like at last
2: point. year you could have had Trayvon Walker, yeah. uh, Hutchinson. Yep. You could have had like three or four guys at three to four to one.
0: Yeah, yeah and if you have all those, all you need I is one of them to hit. Just watch
1: the draft. You're happy. Yep. So then I think Will Levis at 750 has the biggest jump to make. In the odds, and there's because it's only going to go up. Anthony Richardson at plus 650, same thing. CJ Stroud at plus 350. I wouldn't be surprised if after Saturday, CJ Stroud goes from plus 350 to closer to where Bryce Young is at.
2: And Bryce Young's not throwing, right?
1: Bryce Young's not throwing till Alabama's pro day. And then at that point, then Bryce Young's odds right. will the, then change. It
2: seems like these odds do respond immediately to news. Yes. Yeah.
1: Which is that's what I think is going to happen. So we'll keep an eye on uh, the NFL combine. All right, UFC
0: 285 tomorrow night right here in Las Vegas sick T-Mobile um where's the oh I guess the hockey game is uh tonight on Friday they're going to have to they're going to have to melt the ice you know probably get use buckets to get it out all of there all that
2: champagne after VGK wins yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I
0: don't know but then they're going to have to set it up for the UFC uh two title fights and this is one of the best main cards that there's been in a, in quite some time I'm excited about the debut, the UFC debut of Bo Nickel, who is in some places now a minus 2200 favorite in his UFC debut,
2: who's donating his body to that affair. So, I, yeah. can
1: what what do you think about this? Bo Nickel to win by submission minus 165. So, or 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 just go Bo Nickel by Um, I guess you have to go inside the distance, right?
2: Really? Like Who's he playing? Is it a tomato can? Is it like tomato can? No. I mean, it's a guy named Jamie Pickett who is... The Nighthawk.
0: The Nighthawk. He's a full-grown, 185-pound UFC veteran. Not very good. (laughs) I (laughs) wouldn't think. But, again, this this is Bo Nichols' fourth MMA fight in his career. He has less than two and a half minutes of cage time. Less than a half round of cage time. That's crazy in his first three fights i looked at bone nickel inside the distance that's still priced pretty high the, minus 600 yeah, for inside this, the distance That's what i'm saying so so draftkings has a bet Bo nickel to win by
1: knockout submission or dq minus 650 yeah but you could bet Bo nickel to win by ko tko or dq at plus 165 and then Bo nickel to win by
0: submission at minus 165 yeah. You both can actually those, find Bo Nickel by both, KO or TKO plus 265.
1: Both those bets are better than the minus 650 for inside the distance. And don't both those bets equal inside the distance?
0: No. Because if you if you take an inside the distance prop, you win if he gets a submission. You win if he gets a TKO or KO. Yeah, but I'm saying – Otherwise, bet bo- they split up. I'm saying bet both of them. Well, if you bet both of them, then, I mean, you're really just hoping that you're, I guess – you're hoping that the the KOTKO wins because you get plus two sixty five, but you're gonna have to pay one sixty five for the loser on the other one. Yeah, I guess there. I guess even if you stagger your
1: bets and you try and line up to equal the six fifty that you would have to lay on the inside the distance. You're pro- yeah, you're, 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 it you can't. I guess there is a way to make a small profit, but it's not. It's too different. I found money. Yeah, I'll be honest. No.
0: Minus six, minus 600. It ain't an arbitrage. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So you can find minus 600 for inside the distance. If you shop around, uh-huh. it's not a terrible price. It. It's not a fun bet to make, but it's not a terrible price. He's going to win inside the distance. I believe that TKO KO at plus 265 is real value mm. compared to a minus 165 for submission. Because I think it's like over the course of his career, I could see him being like 60-40 in submissions versus KOs. He's got three fights, two by submission, one win by KO. All he's got to do is knock you down and pound you out. That's a KO win. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think plus 265 is actually good value there. Um, he, he could knock him out on the feet. He could take him he could take him down and punch him out. There's just a lot of ways to finish with his hands. So uh, I, I think it's going to be, you know, I think it'll be close when his career's over, how many KOs versus TKOs. So getting a big number on one of those two feels juicy to me. The two title fights, Valentina Shevchenko takes on Alexa Grosso, and that's where my best bet for the pod is going to go. I'm going to go Valentina Shevchenko yes. inside the distance. Good job. Minus 135. Last time we saw Valentina, she looked very beatable. She won a split decision. A lot of people thought maybe she lost that decision. It's something we haven't seen in any of her fights against someone not named Amanda Mm Nunez. Valentina looked human, but she got the job done, and now she's got a much more favorable matchup here in Alexa Grosso. is a deserving contender here, but... She's a bad match. It's a bad matchup for her. Grosso's a very strong striker, provides no threat of a takedown. Shevchenko's going to eat you up if all you can do is strike. She just will. She's the best striker in the division. She's the most physically strong woman in the division, and she's worlds ahead in grappling of Alexa Grosso. I can't picture a way that Grosso lasts 25 minutes. Remember, it's a title fight, so it's five rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valentina will beat her up. Take her down and finish her at some point in this fight. Uh, so, Valentina Shevchenko inside the distance minus one thirty-five. That's what I'll give out here on Straight Out of Vegas AM.
1: All right. So before we get to the main event, let me ask you about one other fight: Cody Garbrandt minus one seventy-five against
0: Trevin Jones. I like under one and a half rounds in this fight. Cody Garbrandt shouldn't be favored against anybody right now. Oh wow! Uh, Cody Garbrandt is he is a a solved puzzle. He's a name. Uh, he is a, a big name, no doubt. But Cody Garbrandt has he has not been successful in the cage in we're talking years at this point. He is he's won one fight in his last six. Wow. Um, and and it was a, a quick knockout, a second round knockout of Jafiela Sunsau. But in most of these other fights, he's going to sleep. So four of those six losses have, or four of those five losses have been KO losses. Uh, this is the weakest opponent he's faced in that stretch. So they're kind of doing him a favor. They're saying, okay, we to got to get him right here. He's still going to have that power. He's still dangerous, but the chin is shot. Uh, I would look at under one and a half rounds for Garbrandt. And for the main event, the return of John Bones Jones. Listen, whatever you think of John Jones, the person, people have all kinds of things to say about him. He is one of the smartest fighters that's ever stepped inside a cage. But is one he of, the baddest man on the planet? Well, that we'll find out. Uh, he is the greatest MMA fighter of all time, uh, and really? that, that goes a that. long way.
2: Better uh, than Silva.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the issue, though. Cyril Gaon has never faced a wrestler of like uh, he's never faced a fighter with the wrestling ability of John Jones. He lost to Francis Ngannou, who's known as a pure striker, thinking about having a boxing career. Cyril Gaon is a very technical kickboxer. He started to fluster Ngannou on the feet. And Ganu took him down, held him down for three rounds, and won the fight. John Jones has wrestling to fall back on. It has been a long time since John Jones wrestled, but John Jones is going to go into this fight with a game plan. He's going to he's he's going to know that the smartest path to victory is not standing and trading with this guy because Gan physically has a lot of the things that have given Jones trouble over the years. He's a tall guy. His John Jones won't have a big reach advantage and he's got a great leg-kicking game. Those are things that have
2: typically flustered Jones. Where is Jones in his career trajectory?
0: I mean, he hasn't fought, he in, hasn't three fought in three years. Is
2: this, is this like Ali coming back after yes. Vietnam? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: a similar he, thing. He, so he's still in, he's his, in his prime age-wise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever it is, but yeah. he's
2: still expected to be as good as good almost as good as he ever was.
0: Uh, I, I don't know if, if you can expect there, it. That's a big question mark? I, that is a big question mark, yeah. There's a lot of people who are, are, are thinking that we're not going to see vintage John Jones because in MMA, you can't take that much time off and expect to be, you know, he's 35 years old now. Like right. when when John Jones, when he won his title, I think he was 23 when he won his first title. So they were like we're talking about a guy that was has been the best guy in the world for over a decade now. For a long time as a fighter, three years off. It's hard to know what to expect from him. Uh, against a young, hungry guy like Gon, a very technically gifted guy. What's the line again? Uh, J- John Jones. Right now, you can find him anywhere between minus 155, 170. Uh, you know, we talked about this fight when it got announced, and I gave out a wager at the time on John Jones plus 115. John Useful. was John was a he was a dog when this line came out. Money keeps pouring in on John Jones. I still like John Jones, although if you're having to pay more than 160. I feel like you're getting into where it's like, eh, I don't know so, if there's really value anymore.
1: Okay, so now this is for the heavyweight title, right? Yeah,
0: the, the Francis t- Ngannou uh, vacated vacated the title, but
1: didn't Cyril Ngannou win the 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 title, like the interim title, in his last fight, uh, the Derek Lewis fight? Didn't he win yeah. the, the heavyweight title? So why does he not the heavy? Oh, because he lost the Francis Ngannou. Yes. that's right. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. Ngannou. Nganu was the Nganu was the champ, and he left with the belt. Took the belt with him. No, but I'm saying, how did
0: um, make it, make it make how it a did new belt Ghan get the the title from Nganu? So Gan didn't get the title from Nganu. Gan won the interim title against Derek Lewis. Uh-huh. Fought for the the undisputed title against Francis Nganu and lost. So he yeah, had no uh, okay. title whatsoever. Gotcha. 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 gotcha and then gotcha. Francis left the left the UFC with the belt. So now the yeah, belt's yeah. vacated okay. and open. These two guys are fighting for it. All right. Who's the who's waiting to fight the winner of this? That's a really good question. Uh I, I think there you, you could you could argue there's several guys that are deserving. Um, I don't know who the, the plan is though. Like the, the UFC bounced around some names. Uh, and they've actually got a guy who's waiting in the wings for this fight, like waiting to be the uh, the backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none he's not a guy that you would have expected to be, you know, next in line. Uh, stipe Miocic is probably the name you 40 heard. years old. Well, I mean, John Jones is 35. Uh, <laughs> but stipe, stipe Miocic is probably like if if they can get a John Jones stipe Miocic fight, they're going to look at that as a big win a big money maker so that that would be the fight I would expect if John Jones win if if Cyril Gan wins I don't know that that Stipe even wants to fight him like I don't I don't know if he thinks there's enough money in it he may not want to come out of the uh the cave to come fight him okay question how much does pro weigh? Yuri Prohoshka yeah he's that a guy. he's a 185 no he's 205 sorry any chance at a no. catch weight or no you know, no they are no, no. going up not not against I, I don't think so I mean you're're Pra is the light heavyweight champion he he vacated the belt oh, okay. he won the he won the title he got hurt and then he vacated the belt because he he couldn't defend. But he's never even defended the two oh five belt. So mm-hmm. I, he needs he's got a lot of work to do before he starts okay. to have super fights. All right. Listen, when I play my UFC video game
1: you start you pick light heavyweight and then Does when he you have win, the hair thing on his when
0: belt. when you win
1: and you defend your title a certain amount of times, they say you gotta move up. And then you go and you fight for the heavyweight title. And you try to become yeah. the baddest, man, the baddest on the man on the planet. And then you get interviewed by uh what's her face? Uh Megan O'Leavy. Oh. You know, because you're the baddest man on the planet, obviously. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, if you want to purchase AJ's UFC card, we're going to give you 20% off at pregame.com. You get all of his bets for the UFC event coming up tomorrow night. We got 10 bets on that card. That's a lot of bets. Yeah. We're going to parlay them all. So <laughs> <laughs> you can get 20% off that, or you can get 20% off McKenzie's NBA, my hockey. Uh, you know, you want some some bets from Fezzik or Sleepy or anybody. Just go to pregame.com, take 20% off. We've been giving you the promo code eggs20 all week. But you know what goes great with eggs?
0: Bacon. Bacon. Nice. Let's go bacon20. I like sausage, but I knew you were going to say bacon. Well, bacon. no one likes sausage. Too. The patties you like. Patty, sausage patties, yeah. No. No, it's bacon all the way. That's because you're, f- you're afraid of anything spicy.
1: I don't do sausage. Yeah, you don't do anything spicy. One time I did get a saw when I was younger, a sausage McMuffin because I thought it was a hamburger. I thought it was yeah, pretty much. Was. <laughs> but I thought it was like, wow, like you get a hamburger <laughs> with eggs on a on a muffin, yeah. on like an English muffin? Like, that's gotta be like the greatest thing ever. And then I'm like, this doesn't taste a like a this doesn't taste like a hamburger and someone don't know it's it's I mean I was you know probably nine, ten, I don't know. It was sausage. Yeah, I didn't know. Anyway. Scott thinks black pepper is too spicy. It is. Salt, <laughs> so, uh, and that's it. <laughs> bacon twenty twenty. How about that? cuz like we're seeing er- it
2: clearly. Yeah,
1: yeah. We've already given out bacon20, so now we'll just double it up. Go bacon2020 as the promo code. Get you 20% off anything you would like at pregame.com. It's an exciting weekend in sports. We'll be back uh Monday morning to recap it all and get you ready for the NCAA tournament. We are fast approaching next week big conference tournaments. What's we're- that tournament? NCAA? NCAA. <laughs> oh,
2: the NCAA tournament. The guys, three of area. us
1: are going to be at the West Coast Conference uh, championship game, so we're hoping yeah, for go. Gonzaga Saint Mary's. On if it's Tuesday not Gonzaga
0: Saint Mary's, do we not go? go? No, no, we're not going.
1: If it's like Loyola against, I don't know BYU. No, not going. No, we could probably sell those tickets. Yeah, BYU's BYU, a hot ticket, this this. BYU town. fans are gonna That'd pack be the a fun. Building.
2: We should do a. Uh, we should sell it on, on air. We should do a little scalping. <laughs> That's the Spice we of should eggs. Bring Mike, we should bring Vegas. We bring
1: mics and record live from the WCC title <laughs> game up in the nosebleeds of the Orleans Arena. Uh, for Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Sidenberg. Have a great, profitable weekend. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey,